The Theology Pit is brought to you by TheologyPit.com. Check out TheologyPit.com for all of your Theology Pit needs. That's TheologyPit.com on the World Wide Web. TheologyPit.com. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to the Theology Pit. This is Theology out of Pittsburgh, and not to be confused with a bottomless pit, because you know what we say, when you fall into a bottomless pit, you die of dehydration. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, podcaster, seminarian, Samson Kovach, coming back to you with an episode of the Theology Pit that hopefully will stay up. Um, I want to kind of explain what happened last time. So I did an interview with a friend of mine from uh, Marsabit, Kenya, and um, there were security concerns. And that's why we had to pull it down because um, Marsabit is in uh, northern Kenya. And uh, northern Kenya borders very close to Ethiopia. And there's a lot of... um, Muslim activity, violent Muslim activity. Um, some of his family members are uh, still Muslim. Um, he, you know, he talked about how his his dad was an apostate, but it's a very violent society. So, because of safety concerns. Um, my school asked me to uh, remove it from the internet and and um, take it down from the podcast because they you know, feared that if it got back to his extended family, it there would be trouble whenever he got back, and it could put him and you know his father's life in danger, perhaps. But um, I'm still uh, working to try to um, figure out a way to give him more anonymity and uh, do another one with him. He's agreed to another podcast, another recording, and we're going to be a little bit more careful because his opinion was he, he really didn't care. Um, it's, it's always fun working with people from other countries because, um, they're just their understanding of the way Americans do things and the way Americans think about things. And, and when I told him that the school asked, you know, take down your podcast, uh, his first response was, well, the podcast is between you and I, well, you know, what, what does the school have to do with it? Why should we even be listening? It's like, what authority do they have? So I, you know, I took it down. Um, I also had a, a, a follow-up one that was going to be for two episodes, and it was a very interesting interview. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try um, the best that I can when I get time to edit it and do what I can to get that to you because it's a great story. Um, also, I did an interview with a friend of mine who is an Anglican Benedictine monk. He was just ordained to um, the deacon. Uh, to be a deacon, deconnaissance. I don't. I'm not sure what that is. What, what it's called officially. Um, and we we did one on apologetics, but the audio did not come out very well with it. The um, the room that we used and the microphones that we used just weren't. It, it just it just wasn't set up properly. So I didn't think that it was good enough to put up here. But I, I wanted to let you guys know, and I wanted to get one out. So my plan was, um, I, I had time to you know record a bunch of stuff, and that's what I did. But then it couldn't be worked out, and I had it planned for a month of Theology Pit episodes coming up because I had a lot of schoolwork to do, um, working on my thesis and some other projects, and um, I just I just couldn't get anything up. And so today, I'm going to try and get this quick one up for you, kind of let you know what's going on with TheologyPit.com. 
um, what's going on in my future, some things that are happening here, but um, especially some of the projects that I'm working on are, are you know pretty interesting and some stuff that I've done in the past. Um, first, I'd uh, just like to say thank you to everyone that's been um, sending emails and donating and um, you know the, the activity on Facebook. I, I really appreciate it. I'm going to do my best to get to the questions that have been uh, sent to me. Um, if you go to the theologypit.com, uh, I do have my statement of faith up. It's on the about section and you can read, um, you know, what I believe are you know, the essentials of the Christian faith and, um, in a general statement of faith type ways, there's, um, I separated into two points, the essentials for salvation and the essentials for the health of the church. And the essential for salvation is, uh, about a, two paragraphs, I think, and, um, the health of the church is, is 10 points. Um, and so you can go and you can check that out. Uh, a few of the things that I've been toying around with, with the theology pit is actually something that I didn't want to do. And that's make it a little bit more political. The reason why is because, um, uh, you know, I've been mulling this over a lot and as Christians, especially in America, we have a duty, we have a responsibility um, to be political um, and, and, and to speak out. Uh, in the South, it's very common for the pulpits to be used by politicians and you know, for politics to happen. In the North, it's, that's seen as something that you should not do. And people always scream about the separation of church and state without the understanding that the meaning behind that that's not in the constitution by the way um is uh that the state should stay out of the affairs of the church not that the church should stay out of the affairs of the state um america was founded in such a way that we the people are the ones with the power and if you've heard me talk about romans 13 you understand my uh, position on that. Uh, a few years ago, I did a three-part segment on um, gun control and gun protests, where I, I I went over that. So you can go back in the archives and you can uh, find that episode if you're if you're interested in it. I think it's the third one that I I talk about Romans thirteen and I I kind of work through that. Uh, but as American Christians, we have a different responsibility, and it's it's come up more and more in my life, more and more in seminary. Um, certain book reviews that I, I've been doing, the people, um, I, I, I did a review on a book uh, by Fleming Rutledge um, called Not Ashamed of the Gospel, and she's unapologetically a, uh, a hardcore Democrat. She seems dyed in the wool for it. She um, you know, stumps for them uh, from the pulpit, proclaiming to be a Democrat. Very high um, political stances on her, and seems to have no problem with it. Um, where I've done some things um, that I was slightly political with and I was a bit like chastised for it. And, um, you know, I, I, I pushed back against that and I said, no, as American Christians, that's how we're supposed to be. Now, my problem isn't with um, Christians engaging in politics. Um, I, I really don't have a problem with that. And that's why I'm talking about this right now. My problem is with partisan politics. And it doesn't matter to me what side you're on. If you are partisan for that side to where the other side can never be right ever, um, then that's problematic. And it doesn't um, – the reason why is because it doesn't hold up well over history. 
um, Pope Pius XII um, was, you know, uh, on the side of, of governments and them doing what they want and, you know, in their support. And that was Hitler's Pope. That's not a good, you know, place to stand. Fleming Rutledge, with being a hardcore Democrat, um, you know, through the, um, the 80s and especially into the 90s, when she was talking about, you know, the, the re-election of... Um, uh, Bill Clinton and you know like a month before the election and she's out there you know uh, addressing uh, audiences and congregations and saying how she's a Democrat and you know just supporting Democrat causes and all this stuff she aligned herself with a party at the time that pushed for partial birth abortion uh, basically infanticide where everything is delivered or the entire baby is delivered except for the head and then usually scissors were you know made an incision in the back of the head and the, the brains were sucked out and I'm sorry that that's graphic but that's exactly what it was a friend of mine at the time or after that um, was a uh, OBGYN. And if you followed my career at all in, in the last you know dozen years or so, um, then you know that on uh, November of 2008 on uh, Word FM here in Pittsburgh, they had me on talking about the theology of abortion. And I, I, a friend of mine went with me who's an OBGYN. And we went over that discussion um, you know, about is is you know uh, abortion you know the the morality of it can you be a christian and you know um uh be in favor of abortion those, those sort of things and he told me um that you know whenever bill clinton signed the partial birth abortion bill he said he asked me he said do you remember seeing all those doctors standing behind him in support of that because it was for the health of the mother I said, yeah. And he said, you know, every single one of them is a liar. All of those doctors are liars. There is no reason why a woman in the third trimester cannot have a child in this country. Why that child can't be. But there is no medical reason. There is no risk to her life at all. They're all just liars. It's it's a it's an infanticidal understanding. So as Christians, to align yourself partisan with a party puts you in that category. And I think you need to be called out on it if you're going to go the partisan route. Um, another one is in the... Um, trying to think what was it the 2010 or the 20... No, I think it was the 2012. 2012 re-election of um, Barack Obama. The DNC... Um, had a vote to um, what was it to to recognize uh, Jerusalem as the capital of Israel? I think I think that was on it uh, on on the bill and um, to put God in their statement for um, for for labor that you know to to work as a God given right and and to put the the wording of God in there um, and they took a vote at the and you can find this on YouTube. Um, it, it, it's the you know DNC, and um, they they took a vote, and it was by um, by, by majority rule, you know, mob rule. Um, and the uh, person who was chairing, and I can't remember who it was, you know, said to the audience in this in this auditorium of, of you know delegates and what have you um, for this resolution, you know, the eyes and the nays. And it was obvious that the nays were a lot louder than the eyes. 
he didn't know what to do. He kind of you know, stutters and uh, stumbles a little bit. And then he says, Let, let's, let's try that again. And the no's are even louder this time. And he doesn't know what to do. And a lady walks up to him and says, you know, you can overhear on the hot mic saying, look, just let them do what they're going to do. And that's it. And so he does it a third time. And it's it's clear that the no's have it. They do not want God on their platform. They do not want the language of God um, in uh, even if it is to push their, you know, their their agenda with workers' rights or whatever, you know, it may, usually it's a union thing. Um, and, you know, to, to recognize um, Israel. And uh, especially, and the cameras just kept going to the um, the Arab Democrats um, who were holding up signs, you know, uh, that, that were Palestinian and and don't like Israel. And when, and, and it was, it was obvious that they didn't want it. And he says, you know, well, from my vantage point or whatever, you know, it's the, uh, the eyes have it. And everybody starts booing. And there's, so they're booing the recognition of Israel, you know, basically Israel's right to exist and Jerusalem being the capital and putting the language of God in there. This is not the platform as a Christian that you want to align yourself with. So, as Christians, when we talk about politics, we need to do it from a Christ-centered biblical worldview. The Bible needs to be the one that we stand on. And that means, and as painful as this may sound to Democrats, when Republicans are right or doing something that's right, you have to be on that side and you have to be championing that. And Republicans, when the Democrats do something right, you have to be on that side and you have to champion that and support that. Um, libertarians, same thing. Um, you know, leftists, uh, socialists, communists, uh, all the, you have to do the same thing. Um, I think that it's problematic to, um, to be a Christian in this, in this country and be anything other than a, um, uh, constitutional capitalist because that's what our country is is based off of and and if you don't think so I would encourage any of you to go to the uh, U.S. immigration website and take the citizenship test and they it, it will tell you I mean some of the questions on there is you know one of them is this country built on capitalism is this a capitalist country the answer is yes I mean it's it's you know what people would consider today would accuse it of being and like an alt-right, like, you know, nationalist or whatever they say, you know, pridefully American. But no, it's just, you know, just common to what the, um, to, to what America is. So by doing that, you know, you can't play partisan politics. You know, you, you, we have to do this from a Christian worldview. And so, you know, when teenagers are attacked and and their lives are threatened and they're, they're drugged through the mud just because you know as I as I've said before in, in sermons they you know happen to be wearing a red hat and support the president you know that does not give you license to do that we need to stand up as a Christian nation and say that's wrong but what I heard was a lot of Christians standing up saying well they shouldn't be mixing the gospel and politics they shouldn't be you know doing and it's the most it was the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard even if that was true even if that was true you still don't threaten children The Theology Pit is a partner-funded ministry. Please consider partnering with us by making a donation at thetheologypit.com. 
just scroll to the bottom of the page, hit the donate button, and make a contribution to the best Theology Pit podcast on the internet. Now let's get back to the show. You know, part of the problem in Christianity in America is the fact that we don't talk about politics with other Christians. This seems to be like the... I don't know, I don't want to say the sacred cow, but it's the thing that you don't touch, the thing that you don't talk about. Because emotions are just super, super raw uh, when it comes to it, and it's partly due to the media's manipulation. And I mean, you can watch it all through um, what's going Look at right now, um, there are these impeachment hearings that are going on for the president, and nobody knows why. We have no idea what he's trying to be impeached for. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I mean, the best somebody can can do is a you know say a a, a, quid, a quid pro quo with the Ukraine, and there's no evidence of it. There there's nothing, and it's but but here's the thing: this that they're accusing him of is a recent thing that occurred. And that's what's mind-boggling because you had Maxine Waters out there, you know, as soon as as he was inaugurated, screaming impeach 45. You know, you had protests the day of his inauguration talking about how he's he's he's, he's taking away women's rights. He he was president for like 20 minutes. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. But for 3 years they were screaming for impeachment with nothing. Like they, they weren't accusing him of anything. They just wanted to, to impeach. So so they, they just kept searching until they made something up, it, it would seem. But the thing is, is that, you know, you, you can't objectively talk about that, you know, as a Christian. Because as a Christian, it's like, well, that's not true and they're lying. They need to be called out on it. But if you do, all of a sudden you're, you know, separating or, or you're combining the gospel with politics. And, and that's not it. That's it. This is just a, a truth statement. And, you know... We shouldn't, and if we're afraid to speak out against this type of truth because we're afraid of being called a name on something as mild as politics, what are we doing for the kingdom of Christ? Are we being bold out there and proclaiming Christ? Are we are we proclaiming the gospel? Or are we just, you know, we don't do that because we're too afraid that, you know, well, we're going to be called, you know, narrow-minded or, you know, uh, one of the worst things that that can happen in America, at least. I mean, I uh, believe me, I, I, I go to school and I work with people. And I said this, you know, earlier with, with people that live in countries where Christian persecution is a real thing. Uh, it, it's not it, it's not like what we have here in the United States. And, and it's kind of a shame that we as Christians squander our opportunities here. But we don't go out and, and boldly proclaim the gospel. And here, I'll give you an example of, uh, of why. So I was talking to someone a few weeks ago who was not a Christian, and um, I, I didn't know that. I just assume everybody's a Christian because it's a great you know, doorway into uh, witnessing to them if they're not. And I just do that by asking them where they go to church. And he told me, he said, "Well, I don't, I don't care. We're really not religious." And I said, "Oh, that's that's a shame. I mean, do you know anything about the Christian faith?" Like I asked them to explain my faith to me, and what he was telling me was all of the health and wealth, prosperity gospel, Joel Osteen type stuff, and he couldn't stand it. And I I told him, I said, "You know what? I I'm right there with you. I understand. I get it. 
All right. I mean, when you have you know, pastors from like, you know, Olstein's Ministries buying their spouses, you know, brand new Lamborghinis and stuff and then justifying it and just, I mean, living this lavish lifestyle and looking at it, you know what? As Christians, you don't say, oh, well, you know what? That's not us. And that's not our denomination. No, you you agree to it and say, yeah, I'm really sorry about that. Christianity really needs to straighten up. That's not the central message, but I apologize for them. I apologize for their behavior. If we are the body of Christ, like it or not, Christians that behave that way, those Joel Osteens out there, those those TD Jakes, you know, the, the oneness Pentecostals, all that stuff. Yeah, apologize for their behavior. I, I just own it. Just own it. The body of Christ means the good and the bad. Okay, not just the good, not just your little you know sect in the world. You know, well, actually, you know, the real like good church that you should be a part of is uh, is my denomination. Well, maybe not my denomination exactly, but the certain branch of my denomination. Well, I mean, not a certain branch of my denomination, but my specific church within the branch of that denomination. Well, you know, my church is, is kind of big and cliquish. You don't want to be part of those cliques. You want to come and be part of my clique because that is, that's the real church, right? That's the real body of Christ. Actually, within this group too, there are a couple people. They, you know, they're no good. You don't want to be around them. We'll just, we'll just hang out. Two or three, you know, where two or three are gathered, you know, there he is also. So just come and hang out with me. That is the mentality of Christianity that we need to break down. And the fact that we can't talk about politics openly, and we're so divided on you know, something as, as simple as that, as our civic duty in this country, where you know, God has ordained us to be, do you see how this spills over into way, the way that we associate with each other? I mean, I'm getting ready to graduate in May and, and, and trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And really, it looks like I'm going to become a missionary uh, to the area in which I live. Uh, my pastor and I have been in discussions with it. I've been talking to other people about it because we have such a problem here that Christians do not understand their faith. We don't understand what it means. It's, it's, it's little more than just getting some information to be part of a, a social club. We're not really sure. I mean, we look at it. I, I don't want to you know, uh, say it so deprecatingly that, you know, that's all that it's for. I mean, people generally are seeking God and, and salvation, but, but it just gets so clickish because our culture just bleeds into it. It bleeds into what we do and we just separate ourselves in every single way possible. It's incredible. Um, I've been having discussions with with people on, you know, like racial reconciliation and those sort of things. And, you know, I, I was talking to a lady who's doing her um, her, her doctoral work um, on, on this subject. And I was telling her that, you know what, that's low-hanging fruit. That's easy to, to pick out. That's easy to to research and do. And, and the separation and does racism exist in the 21st century? Whatever. Of course it does. Of course it does. Every, I mean, everybody. Here's the thing. It's not racism. It's human nature. Okay? It doesn't matter. If I, I, I told her, I said, if we all look the same, exactly the same, we would still find something to divide over and, and you know, consider other. And that's what we would go against. And I told her, I said, look, I was like, you need to, you know, do some research and look at the you know, tribalism in Africa. All right, when you understand the, the um, 
the impact of tribalism. It, imagine the 1940s and 50s in you know the South of the United States of America with you know the Democratic Jim Crow laws and all that stuff that was in place and that segregation and, and don't even bother going and trying to eat here or going and trying to get a job there. You're not getting it. You're not going to get that respect. That is present day tribalism in Africa. Kenya is, you know, is is what I know the best right now, and Kenya is like that big time. You, I mean, if you're not part of the right tribe, even if you're an ordained priest, you would have a very hard time getting a job where you would be in a church where there would be other tribes in there that would not respect you for one reason or another. And you trying to bring people into the church that are of different tribes is problematic too because you have them massacring each other. And, and those sort of things are going on. I mean, the, the, if you want to see, well, hey, what's what's real, you know, quote unquote racism like? But let's just say discrimination because, you know, and and I, I, I've talked about this with, with African students that, you know, to us, to Westerners, Let's be honest, and I'm saying this in, I mean, some people will take it as racist, and I really don't care, but they, you know, they all look alike to us, okay? When you look at, you, I mean, and let's be honest, if you had someone from, you know, Kenya and someone from Somalia and someone from, you know, Nigeria standing in front of you, would you be able to tell which country they came from just by looking at them? No, because in in the same way that, you know, somebody, I was talking to a woman from the Philippines one time and asked her if she could tell the difference between, you know, somebody that was, you know, Scottish, somebody that was Italian and somebody that was German. And she's like, no, I have no idea. You're all just white people. And so it's not, it's not so much a racist thing. Um, but when you get into these countries where yes, genetically, everybody looks alike, they all have the same features, but there is tribal distinctions, those tribal distinctions are so powerful and so embedded that it is like the 1940s and 50s in, um, in the United States. And that can be a type of uh, a problematic thing. So really, in our country, in America here, as, as Christians, if we can't be open and honest with each other about what's going on and do it from a, a biblical uh, standpoint, we have some real issues. And, and you know what? This is actually where um, the, the countries in Africa and this tribal can, can help us. Because when you talk to these people and they tell you how they are pastoring churches that may have four different tribes in them, but yet they're all coming together and they're, they're worshiping Christ and healing is occurring and bonding is occurring. It's happening not because of separation and not because you know, they don't want to have dialogue or, you know, it's just a matter of one group lecturing another group or anything like that. No, it's because of sincere worship of Christ. That's the message for the Western world. And we don't want to hear it. We don't, we don't want to engage in it. We don't want to do it. All we want to do is just be divisive and just be, you know, polemical and just just argue with people. And I get that. I understand. I, I, I have that tendency in myself. This is not an accusation against you, the listener. This is really me expressing my own faults here because I have that same problem and I know it, but I'm recognizing it. And, you know, in, in opening up this podcast to these hot button type issues, 
and discussing these sort of things. Um, I think that's really the first step. I really do. And, I, you know, I want to hear feedback from you guys. Um, email me, Samson, at thetheologypit.com. Let me know, uh, you know, get on Facebook, like, whatever. Let me know, like, you know, what you think about this. And, and you know, hey, what are you doing uh, about it, too? Is this, I mean, are you going to start doing something? Are you going to start talking more politically? Or are you going to start doing it? And, I mean, the whole doing it with gentleness and respect, boy, that, I mean, that's a, that's a tough one for me. And I think it's going to be a, a tough one for everyone else, especially if you've been engaging in partisan politics for a very long time. It's it's hard to get out of that, um, get out of that stream, get out of that frame of mind. Um, anyways, uh, thank you for listening to the Theology Pit. I really appreciate you guys uh, listening, subscribing, uh, making donations. It, it helps a lot. I'll keep you updated on what I'm going to be doing in ministry. And uh, now it's time to close down the pit. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Theology Pit. Please take a moment to rate our podcast and leave a comment about what you like or what you don't like. Each rating and comment helps others discover this show. Don't forget to visit us at thetheologypit.com to make a donation. While on the website, we would appreciate it if you would share these podcasts with your friends and family on social media. Our Facebook page is also titled The Theology Pit. Stop over and give us a like. If you have any questions or topics you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, please write to samson at thetheologypit.com. That's samson spelled S-A-M-S-O-N at thetheologypit.com. Now, here's a preview of next week's show. Uh, I may be talking about, um, you know, some of the research that I've been doing on um, the concept of female genital, female genital mutilation in, uh, in Kenya and in Africa. Um, and I could be talking about my thesis, too, next time. I'm not exactly sure, but, you know, tune in to find out. Also, um, this weekend, uh, November 24th, I will be preaching at Bridgewater Presbyterian Church. Um, 1045, I believe their service starts. So come on out and see if you're in the area. <laughs> this and more on the next Theology Pit. Theology Pit.